Act Two of Measure for Measure by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One A Hall in Angelo's House. Enter Angelo, Escalus, and a Justice, Provost, Officers, and other attendants behind. We must not make a scarecrow of the law, setting it up to fear the birds of prey, and let it keep one shape, till custom make it their perch, and not their terror. Ay, but yet let us be keen, and rather cut a little, than fall, and bruise to death. Alas, this gentleman, whom I would save, had a most noble father. Let but your honour know, whom I believe to be most straight in virtue that, in the working of your own affections, had time cohered with place or place with wishing, or that the resolute acting of your blood could have attained the effect of your own purpose, whether you had not sometime in your life erred in this point which now you censure him, and pulled the law upon you. "'Tis one thing to be tempted, Aeschylus, another thing to fall." I not deny the jury passing on the prisoner's life may in the sworn twelve have a thief or two guiltier than him they try. What's open made to justice that justice seizes? What know the laws that thieves do pass on thieves? Tis very pregnant. The jewel that we find we stoop and take because we see it. But what we do not see we tread upon and never think of it. You may not so extenuate his offence, for I have had such faults. But rather tell me, when I that censure him do so offend, let mine own judgment pattern out my death, and nothing come impartial. Sir, he must die. Be it as your wisdom will. Where is the provost? Here, if it like, your honour. See that Claudio be executed by nine to-morrow morning. Bring him his confessor. Let him be prepared, for that's the utmost of his pilgrimage. Exit provost. Aside. Well. Heaven forgive him, and forgive us all. Some rise by sin, and some by virtue fall. Some run from breaks of ice, and answer none, and some condemned for a fault alone. Enter Elbow and officers, with Froth and Pompey. Come, bring them away. If these be good people in a commonwealth that do nothing but use their abuses in common houses, I know no law. Bring them away. How now, sir? What's your name, and what's the matter? If it please your honour. I am the poor duke's constable, and my name is Elbow. I do lean upon justice, sir, and I do bring here before your good honour two notorious benefactors. Benefactors? Well, what benefactors are they? Are they not malefactors? If it please your honour, I know not well what they are, but precise villains they are, that I am sure of, and void of all profanation in the world that good Christians ought to have. This comes off well. Here's a wise officer. Go to. What quality are they of? Elbow is your name? Why dost thou not speak, Elbow? He cannot, sir. He's out at Elbow. What are you, sir? He, sir? A tapster, sir. A parcel board. One that serves a bad woman, whose house, sir, was, as they say, plucked down in the suburbs, and now she professes a hothouse, which I think is a very ill house, too. How know you that? My wife, sir. Whom I detest before heaven and your honour. How, thy wife? I, sir, whom I thank heaven is an honest woman. Dost thou detest her, therefore? I say, sir, 
I will detest myself also, as well as she, that this house, if it be not a board's house, it is pity of her life, for it is a naughty house. How dost thou know that, constable? Marry, sir, by my wife, who, if she had been a woman cardinally given, might have been accused in fornication, adultery, and all uncleanliness there. By the woman's means? Ay, sir, by Mistress Overdone's means. But as she spit in his face, so she defied him. Sir, if it please your honour, this is not so. Prove it before these varlets here, thou honourable man. Prove it. Do you hear how he misplaces? Sir, she came in great with child, and longing, saving your honour's reverence, for stew prunes. Sir, we had but two in the house, which at that very distant time stood, as it were, in a fruit dish, a dish of some three pence. Your honours have seen such dishes. They are not china dishes, but very good dishes. Go to. Go to. No matter for the dish, sir. No, indeed, sir. Not of a pin. You are therein in the right, but to the point. As I say, this mistress elbow being, as I say, with child, and being great-bellied and longing, as I said, for prunes, and having but two in the dish, as I said, Master Froth here, this very man, having eaten the rest, as I said, and, as I say, paying for them very honestly, for, as you know, Master Froth, I could not give you threepence again. No, indeed. Very well. You being then, if you be remembered, cracking the stones of the aforesaid prunes. Aye, so I did indeed. Why, very well. I telling you then, if you be remembered, that such a one and such a one were past cure of the thing you wot of, unless they kept very good diet, as I told you. All this is true. Why, very well then. Come, you are a tedious fool. To the purpose. What was done to Elbow's wife, that he hath caused to complain of? Come me to what was done to her. Sir, your honour cannot come to that yet. No, sir, nor I mean it not. Sir, but you shall come to it by your honour's leave. And, I beseech you, look into Master Froth here, sir, a man of fourscore pound a year, whose father died at Hallamas. Was not at Hallamas, Master Froth? All alone, Eve. Why, very well, I hope here be truths. He, sir, sitting, as I say, in a lower chair, sir, t'was in the bunch of grapes where indeed you have a delight to sit, have you not? I have so, because... It is in an open room and good for winter. Why, very well then. I hope here be truths. This will last out a night in Russia, when nights are longest there. I'll take my leave, and leave you to the hearing of the cause, hoping you'll find good cause to whip them all. I think no less. Good morrow to your lordship. Exit, Angelo. Now, sir, come on. What was done to Elbow's wife? Once more? Once, sir, there was nothing done to her once. I beseech you, sir, ask him what this man did to my wife. I beseech your honour, ask me. Well, sir, what did this gentleman to her? I beseech you, sir, look into this gentleman's face. Good Master Froth, look upon his honour. Tis for a good purpose. Doth your honour mark his face? Aye, sir, very well. Nay, I beseech you, mark it well. Well, I do so. Doth your honour see any harm in his face? Why, no. I'll be supposed upon a book his face is the worst thing about him. Good, then. If his face be the worst thing about him, how could Master Froth do the constable's wife any harm? I would know that of your honour. He's in the right. Constable, what say you to it? First, and like you, the house is a respected house. Next, this is a respected fellow, and his mistress is a respected woman. By this hand, sir, his wife is a more respected person than any of us all. Varlet, thou liest, thou liest, wicked varlet. The time has yet to come that she was ever respected with man, woman, or child. Sir, she was respected with him before he married with her. 
Which is the wiser here, justice or iniquity? Is this true? O oh, thou caitiff, O oh, thou varlet, O oh, thou wicked Hannibal, I respected with her before I was married to her. If ever I was respected with her, or she with me, let not your worship think me the poor duke's officer. Prove this, thou wicked Hannibal, or I'll have mine action of battery on thee. If he took you a box of the ear, you might have your action of slander too. Marry, I thank your good worship for it. What is your worship's pleasure I shall do with this wicked caitiff? Truly, officer, because he hath some offences in him that thou wouldst discover, if thou couldst, let him continue in his courses till thou knowest what they are. Marry, I thank your worship for it. Thou seest, thou wicked varlet, now what's come upon thee? Thou art to continue now, thou varlet. Thou art to continue. Where were you born, friend? Here in Vienna, sir. Are you of fourscore pounds a year? Yes, and please you, sir. So what trade are you of, sir? Tapster. A poor widow's tapster. Your mistress's name? Mistress Overdone. Hath she had any more than one husband? Nine, sir. Overdone by the last. Nine? Come hither to me, Master Froth. Master Froth, I would not have you acquainted with tapsters. They will draw you, Master Froth. And you will hang them. Get you gone, and let me hear no more of you. I thank you, worship. For mine own part, I never come into any room in a deaf house. But I am drawn in. Well, no more of it, Master Froth. Farewell. Exit Froth. Come you hither to me, Master Tapster. What's your name, Master Tapster? Pompey. What else? Bum, sir. Troth, and your bum is the greatest thing about you, so that in the beastliest sense you are Pompey the Great. Pompey, you are partly a bod. Pompey, howsoever you colour it in being a tapster, are you not? Come, tell me true. It shall be the better for you. Truly, sir, I'm a poor fellow that would live. How would you live, Pompey? By being a bod? What do you think of the trade, Pompey? Is it a lawful trade? If the law would allow it, sir. But the law will not allow it, Pompey, nor it shall not be allowed in Vienna. Does your worship mean to geld and splay all the youth of the city? No, Pompey. Truly, sir, in my poor opinion, they will to it then. If your worship will take order for the drabs and the knaves, you need not fear the boards. There are pretty orders beginning, I can tell you. It is but heading and hanging. If you head and hang all that offend that way but for ten years together, you'd be glad to give out a commission for more heads. If this law hold in Vienna ten year, I'll rent the fairest house in for a threatened to bay. If you live to see this come to pass, say Pompey told you so. Thank you, good Pompey. And in requital of your prophecy, hark you. I advise you, let me not find you before me again, upon any complaint whatsoever. No, not for dwelling where you do. If I do, Pompey, I shall beat you to your tent, and prove a shrewd Caesar to you. In plain dealing, Pompey, I shall have you whipped. So, for this time, Pompey, fare you well. I thank your worship for your good counsel. Aside. But I shall follow it as the flesh and fortune shall better determine. Whip me? No, no. Let Carman whip his jade. The valiant heart is not whipped out of his trade. Exit. Come hither to me, Master Elbow. Come hither, Master Constable. How long have you been in this place of constable? Seven year and a half, sir. I thought by your readiness in the office you had continued in it some time. You say seven years together? And a half, sir. Alas, it hath been great pains to you. They do you wrong to put you so oft 
upon it. Are there not men in your ward sufficient to serve it? Faith, sir, few of any wit in such matters. As they are chosen, they are glad to choose me for them. I do it for some piece of money, and go through with all. Look, you bring me in the names of some six or seven, the most sufficient of your parish. To your worship's house, sir. To my house. Fare you well. Exit elbow. What's o'clock, think you? Eleven, sir. I pray you home to dinner with me. I humbly thank you. It grieves me for the death of Claudio. But there's no remedy. Lord Angelo is severe. It is but needful. Mercy is not itself, that oft looks so. Pardon is still the nurse of second woe. But yet, poor Claudio, there is no remedy. Come, sir. Exeunt. Act two. Scene two. Another room in the same. Enter provost and a servant. He's hearing of a cause. He will come straight. I'll tell him of you. Pray you do. Exit servant. I'll know his pleasure. Maybe he will relent. Alas, he hath but as offended in a dream. All sects, all ages smack of this vice, and he to die for it. Enter Angelo. Now, what's the matter, provost? Is it your will Claudio shall die to-morrow? Did not I tell thee yea? Hadst thou not order? Why dost thou ask again? Lest I might be too rash. Under your good correction I have seen when, after execution, judgment hath repented o'er his doom. Go to, let that be mine. Do you your office, or give up your place, and you shall well be spared. I crave your honour's pardon. What shall be done, sir, with the groaning Juliet? She's very near her hour. Dispose of her to some more fitter place, and that with speed. Re-enter, servant. Here is the sister of the man condemned. Desires access to you. Hath he a sister? Ay, my good lord, a very virtuous maid, and to be shortly of a sisterhood, if not already. Well, let her be admitted. Exit, servant. See you the fornicatress be removed. Let have needful, but not lavish, means. There shall be order for it. Enter Isabella and Lucio. God save your honor! Stay a little while. To Isabella. You're welcome. What's your will? I am a woeful suitor to your honor. Please but your honor hear me. Well, what's your suit? There is a vice that most I do abhor, and most desire should meet the blow of justice, for which I would not plead, but that I must, for which I must not plead, but that I am at war twixt will and will not. Well, the matter? I have a brother is condemned to die. I do beseech you, let it be his fault and not my brother. Aside. Heaven give thee moving graces. Condemn the fault and not the actor of it. Why, every fault's condemned ere it be done. Mine were the very cipher of a function to find the faults whose fine stands in record and let go by the actor. Oh, just but severe law, I had a brother then. Heaven keep your honor. Aside to Isabella. Give it not or so. To him again. Entreat him. Kneel down before him. Hang upon his gown. You are too cold. If you should need a pin, you could not with more tame tongue desire it. To him, I say. Must he needs die? Maiden, no remedy. Yes. 
I do think that you might pardon him, and neither heaven nor man grieve at the mercy. I will not do it. But can you, if you would? Look, what I will not, that I cannot do. But might you do it, and do the world no wrong, if so your heart were touched with that remorse as mine is to him? He's sentenced. Tis too late. Aside to Isabella. You are too cold. Too late? Why, no. I that do speak a word may call it back again. Well, believe this. No ceremony that to great ones longs, not the king's crown, nor the deputed sword, the marshal's truncheon, nor the judge's robe become them with one half so good a grace as mercy does. If he had been as you, and you as he, you would have slipped like him, but he like you would not have been so stern. Pray you, be gone. I would to heaven I had your potency, and you were Isabel. Should it then be thus? No. I would tell what twere to be a judge and what a prisoner. Aside to Isabella. Ay, touch him. There's the vein. Your brother is a forfeit of the law, and you but waste your words. Alas, alas! Why, all the souls that were were forfeit once, and he that might the vantage best have took found out the remedy. How would you be, if he which is the top of judgment should but judge you as you are? Oh, think on that, and mercy then will breathe within your lips like man new-made. Be you content, fair maid. It is the law, not I, condemn your brother. Were he my kinsman, brother, or my son, it should be thus with him. He must die to-morrow. To-morrow? Oh, that's sudden. Spare him. Spare him, he's not prepared for death. Even for our kitchens we kill the fowl of season. Shall we serve heaven with less respect than we do minister to our gross selves? Good, good, my lord, bethink you. Who is it that hath died for this offence? There's many have committed it. Aside to Isabella. Ay, well said. The law hath not been dead, though it hath slept. Those many had not dared to do that evil, if the first that did the edict infringe had answered for his deed. Now it is awake takes note of what is done, and, like a prophet, looks in a glass that shows what future evils, either new or by remissness new conceived, and so in progress to be hatched and born, are now to have no successive degrees, but ere they live to end. Yet show some pity. I show it most of all when I show justice, for then I pity those I do not know, which a dismissed offence would after gall and do him right that answering one foul wrong lives not to act another. Be satisfied. Your brother dies to-morrow. Be content. So you must be the first that gives this sentence, and he that suffers. Oh, it is excellent to have a giant's strength, but it is tyrannous to use it like a giant. Aside to Isabella. That's well said. Could great men thunder as Jove himself does, Jove would ne'er be quiet, for every pelting petty officer would use his heaven for thunder, nothing but thunder. Merciful heaven! Thou rather with thy sharp and sulphurous bolts splitst the unwedgeable and gnarled oak than the soft myrtle. But man, proud man, dressed in a little brief authority, most ignorant of what he's most assured, his glassy essence, like an angry ape, plays such fantastic tricks before high heaven as make the angels weep. Who, 
with our spleens, would all themselves laugh mortal. Aside to Isabella. Oh, to him, to him, wench. He will relent. He's coming. I perceive it. Aside. Pray heaven she win him. We cannot weigh our brother with ourself. Great men may jest with saints. Tis wit in them, but in the less foul profanation. Thou art in the right, girl. More of that. That in the captain's but a choleric word which in the soldier is flat blasphemy. Aside to Isabella. Art advised of that. More on it. Why do you put these sayings upon me? Because authority, though it e'er like others, hath yet a kind of medicine in itself that skins the vice of the top. Go to your bosom, knock there, and ask your heart what it doth know that's like my brother's fault. If it confess a natural guiltiness such as is his, let it not sound a thought upon your tongue against my brother's life. Aside, she speaks, and is such sense that my sense breeds with it. Fare you well. Gentle, my lord, turn back. I will bethink me. Come again tomorrow. Hark how I'll bribe you. Good, my lord, turn back. How bribe me? I, with such gifts that heaven shall share with you. Aside to Isabella. You had marred all else. Not with fond shekels of the tested gold, or stones whose rates are either rich or poor as fancy values them, but with true prayers that shall be up at heaven and enter there ere sunrise, prayers from preserved souls, from fasting maids whose minds are dedicate to nothing temporal. Well, come to me tomorrow. Aside to Isabella. Go to. Tis well. Away. Heaven keep your honour safe. Aside. Amen. For I am that way going to temptation where prayers cross. At what hour tomorrow shall I attend your lordship? At any time forenoon. Save your honour. Exeunt Isabella, Uccio, and Provost. From thee, even from thy virtue. What's this? What's this? Is this her fault or mine? The tempter or the tempted? Who sins most? Ha! Ah! Not she, nor doth she tempt, but it is I that lying by the violet in the sun do as the carrion does, not as the flower, corrupt with virtuous season. Can it be that modesty may more betray our sense than woman's likeness? Having waste ground enough, shall we desire to raise the sanctuary and pitch our evils there? Oh, fie, fie, fie! What dost thou, or what art thou, Angelo? Dost thou desire her foully for those things that make her good? Oh, let her brother live! Thieves for their robbery have authority when judges steal themselves. What, do I love her, that I desire to hear her speak again and feast upon her eyes? What is't I dream on? Oh, cunning enemy, that to catch a saint with saints dost bait thy hook! Most dangerous is that temptation that doth goad us on to sin in loving virtue. Never could the strumpet with all her double vigour, art, and nature once stir my temper. But this virtuous maid subdues me quite. Even till now, when men were fond, I smiled and wondered how. Exit. Act Two, Scene Three, A Room in a Prison. Enter severally, Duke Vincentio, disguised as a friar, and provost.
Hail to you, provost, so I think you are. I am the provost. What's your will, good friar? Bound by my charity and my blessed order, I come to visit the afflicted spirits here in the prison. Do me the common right to let me see them, and to make me know the nature of their crimes, that I may minister to them accordingly. I would do more than that, if more were needful. Enter Juliet. Look, here comes one, a gentlewoman of mine, who, falling in the flaws of her own youth, hath blistered her report. She is with child, and he that got it sentenced, a young man more fit to do another such offence than die for this. When must he die? As I do think, to-morrow. To Juliet. I have provided for you. Stay a while. And you shall be conducted. Repent you, fair one, of the sin you carry. I do, and bear the shame most patiently. I'll teach you how you shall arraign your conscience, and try your penitence, if it be sound or hollowly put on. I'll gladly learn. Love you the man that wronged you? Yes, as I loved the woman that wronged him. So then it seems your most offenseful act was mutually committed? Mutually. Then was your sin of heavier kind than his? I do confess it, and repent it, father. Tis meet so, daughter, but lest you do repent, as that the sin hath brought you to this shame, which sorrow is always towards ourselves, not heaven, showing we would not spare heaven as we love it, but as we stand in fear. I do repent me, as it is an evil, and take the shame with joy. There rest. Your partner, as I hear, must die to-morrow, and I am going with instruction to him. Grace go with you, Benedicite. Exit. Must die to-morrow, O injurious love that respites me alive, whose very comfort is still a dying horror. Tis pity of him. Exeunt. Act two, scene four. A room in Angelo's house. Enter Angelo. When I would pray and think, I think and pray to several subjects. Heaven hath my empty words whilst my invention, hearing not my tongue, anchors on Isabel. Heaven in my mouth, as if I did but only chew his name, and in my heart the strong and swelling evil of my conception. The state, whereon I studied, is like a good thing, being often read, grown feared and tedious. Yea, my gravity, wherein, let no man hear me, I take pride, could I with boot change for an idle plume which the air beats for vain? O place, O form, how often dost thou with thy case, thy habit, wrench awe from fools, and tie the wiser souls to thy false seeming? Blood, thou art blood. Let's write good angel on the devil's horn. Tis not the devil's crest. Enter a servant. How now? Who's there? One Isabel, a sister, desires access to you. Teach her the way. Exit, servant. Oh, heavens! Why does my blood thus muster to my heart, making both it unable for itself, and dispossessing all my other parts of necessary fitness? So play the foolish throngs with one that swoons, Come all to help him, and so stop the air by which he should revive. And even so the general, subject to a well-wished king, quit their own part, 
and in obsequious fondness crowd to his presence where their untaught love must needs appear offence enter isabella how now fair maid i am come to know your pleasure that you might know it would much better please me than to demand what tis your brother cannot live even so heaven keep your honour yet may he live a while and it may be as long as you or i yet he must die under your sentence yea when i beseech you that in his reprieve longer or shorter he may be so fitted that his soul sicken not ha fie these filthy vices it were as good to pardon him that hath from nature stolen a man already made as to remit their saucy sweetness that do coin heaven's image in stamps that are forbid tis all as easy falsely to take away a life true made as to put metal in restrained means to make a false one tis set down so in heaven but not in earth say you so then i shall pose you quickly which had you rather that the most just law now took your brother's life or to redeem him give up your body to such sweet uncleanness as she that he hath stained sir believe this i had rather give my body than my soul i talk not of your soul our compelled sins stand more for number than for a compte how say you nay i'll not warrant that for i can speak against the thing i say answer to this i now the voice of the recorded law pronounce a sentence on your brother's life might there not be a charity in sin to save this brother's life please you to do it i'll take it as a peril to my soul it is no sin at all but charity pleased you to do it at peril of your soul were equal poise of sin and charity that i do beg his life if it be sin heaven let me bear it you granting of my suit if that be sin i'll make it my morn prayer to have it added to the faults of mine and nothing of your answer nay but hear me your sense pursues not mine either you are ignorant or seem so craftily and that's not good let me be ignorant and in nothing good but graciously to know i am no better thus wisdom wishes to appear most bright when it doth tax itself as these black masks proclaim an enshield beauty ten times louder than beauty could displayed but mark me to be received plain i'll speak more gross your brother is to die so and his offence is so as it appears accountant to the law upon that pain true admit no other way to save his life as i subscribe not that nor any other but in the loss of question that you his sister finding yourself desired of such a person whose credit with the judge or own great place could fetch your brother from the manacles of the all-building law and that there were no earthly mean to save him but that either you must lay down the treasures of your body to the supposed or else to let him suffer what would you do as much for my poor brother as myself that is were i under the terms of death the impression of keen whips i'd wear as rubies and strip myself to death as to a bed that longing have been sick for ere i'd yield my body up to shame then must your brother die and twere the cheaper way better it were a brother died at once than that a sister by redeeming him should die for ever were not you then as cruel as the sentence that you have slandered so 
ignominy in ransom and free pardon are of two houses lawful mercy is nothing kin to foul redemption you seemed of late to make the law a tyrant and rather prove the sliding of your brother a merriment than a vice oh pardon me my lord it oft falls out to have what we would have we speak not what we mean i something do excuse the thing i hate for his advantage that i dearly love we're all frail else let my brother die if not a fettery but only he oh and succeed thy weakness nay women are frail too ay as the glasses where they view themselves which are as easy broke as they make forms women help heaven men their creation mar in profiting by them nay call us ten times frail for we are soft as our complexions are and credulous to false prints i think it well and from this testimony of your own sex since i suppose we are made to be no stronger than faults may shake our frames let me be bold i do arrest your words be that you are that is a woman if you be more you're none if you be one as you are well expressed by all external warrants show it now by putting on the destined livery i have no tongue but one gentle my lord let me entreat you speak the former language plainly conceive i love you my brother did love juliet and you tell me that he shall die for it he shall not isabel if you give me love i know your virtue hath a license in't which seems a little fouler than it is to pluck on others believe me on mine honour my words express my purpose <laughs> little honour to be much believed and most pernicious purpose seeming seeming i will proclaim thee angelo look for it sign me a present pardon for my brother or with an outstretched throat i'll tell the world aloud what man thou art who will believe thee isabel my unsoiled name the austereness of my life my vouch against you and my place in the state will so your accusation overweigh that you shall stifle in your own report and smell of calumny i have begun and now i give my sensual race the rein fit thy consent to my sharp appetite lay by all nicety and prolixious blushes that banish what they sue for redeem thy brother by yielding up thy body to my will or else he must not only die the death but thy unkindness shall his death draw out to lingering sufferance answer me to-morrow or by the affection that now guides me most i'll prove a tyrant to him as for you say what you can my false are ways your true exit to whom should i complain did i tell this who would believe me o oh, perilous mouths that bear in them one and the self-same tongue either of condemnation or a proof bidding the law make curtsy to their will hooking both right and wrong to the appetite to follow as it draws i'll to my brother though he hath fallen by prompture of the blood yet hath he in him such a mind of honour that had he twenty heads to tender down on twenty bloody blocks he'd yield them up before his sister should her body stoop to such abhorred pollution then isabel live chaste and brother die more than our brother is our chastity i'll tell him yet of angelo's request and fit his mind to death for his soul's rest. Exit.
End of Act 2